Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heavens. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell, and it's Robbie Triple filling in for Carl. Back to work, kind of like a Falcon Monday. It's just a Tuesday, which we dig. Squid's back. Chris is here, too, and we hope you guys are having a great holiday week. Some guys off this week. Some guys putting some time in. We got you in the car. Thanks for hanging with us. Start the 5 o'clock hour with a big hearty, hey, man. And, uh, you know, this is tough. This is tough because you said it, Rob. We're, we had a very, very bizarre start to the season. You know, we, we lost a game we should have won against the Saints. Then we came back. We maybe could have hung with the Rams. And then we get on a run. And next thing you know, we're 4-4. Four and four. And it's like, wow, we're in first place. That's yeah, a crap division, but we're 4-4. Four and four, And, hey, I'm in it. I want to win it. So everybody's expectations go up. And then, unfortunately, the offense can't score when the defense is getting stops. So then we go and we decide we're going to finally move on from Mariota. And that also coincides with then the defense can't stop the run. So once again, we didn't give up a lot of points, but our offense got bogged down in the red zone. I guess the one thing we're asking, we'll talk to Wes Durham about it in the 6 o'clock hour, are you seeing the things you want to see as Desmond Ritter makes his second start? Did you see something from Ritter which gives you some excitement or some interest that this kid is starting to check some boxes and he's getting it? There's one throw he made where I think he might have a little better arm strength than I thought he did. I think he's above average arm strength. He threw a sidearm pass to Drake mm. London who made a great catch. Okay, well, that that's a, that's a pretty good pass right there. That's probably a little bit more arm talent than I thought he had. Right. I thought it was – Above average arm talent that he had, but that was a really good throw. Now, Tyler Algier, I mean, look, this is the best, one of the best run defenses, top three in run defense. We're going to run it no matter who you're playing. I just thought when we sort of bogged down, and this is something we'll ask Arthur Smith about on uh, tomorrow's show at 5 o'clock, same time, is why are you trying to go lateral on these guys? You know what I mean? It yeah, was north so fast sideline to yeah. sideline, you and, can't do it. And that's when things did sort of bog down. And then, look. When you are struggling and you've got to, you know, you have to remind Falcon fans, we knew this year was a gap year. And as we just laid out the, the facts, all of a sudden a gap year turned into a year where maybe we could win this division. You know, why not? And then when you're not scoring points and unfortunately you know, we're just not, we're just when we're still struggling, you don't need the refs to get involved in it. And this was one that really just compounded everything else that didn't go right on an ice cold day in Baltimore. What did you think of the DeMarcus Robinson touchdown? In real time, you know, we've seen these same kind of plays. The ball moves an inch, and they right. take the catch away. Right. They didn't take the catch away. The play was upheld. What did you think of that? I thought it was, to me, we've seen it where they're not going to give you that catch. But, of course, at home, right. they gave You're the Ravens a catch. Well, you can also see that the Falcons, the least penalized team in the NFL, they were 
I think they've had four times as many penalties as uh, the Ravens. Right. And the Ravens were mauling our defensive <laughs> linemen on that one drive, and they weren't getting any holding calls in the Falcons. And then our little wide receiver gets called for a, for a hold, yes. which is absurd. I heard Arch and uh, West. And Arch's losing his yeah. mind over that. Yeah, and for Rob's point, we're both top five and as the least penalized teams. The Ravens have slightly less penalties on the offensive line, so their rep is they play clean. But, you, I mean, a blind man could see it. They were throwing us around. Guys, I'm not crying over spilled milk. I'm just saying. We didn't need Bill Vinovich and his three blind mice screwing us when we had enough trouble on our hands in Baltimore. Then we get to the stupidest play I've seen all season, other than the Grady Jarrett roughing the passer against Tom Brady, and that is the uh, intentional grounding penalty when the ball is hit out of Ritter's arm and they don't yeah. call it and they review it and they still don't get it right. Wait, did they review it? That, that, that wasn't reviewable. So it was, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that reviewable or that wasn't reviewed? The intentional grounding is no, it wasn't not reviewable. reviewable. Not reviewable. Yeah. They conferenced, but they didn't. They, they, they did a little coffee clutch, but it was. Uh, they, they're not going to change. Normal that play. You can't review it. Yeah, if the pass doesn't get past the line of scrimmage, they can call you for grounding. But if the quarterback's arm is mm. hit while throwing the ball, right, all bets you are don't off. call it. You don't call intentional grounding. Well, it's literally it. written in the rule that it's, you don't yes, call it. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Because uh, someone is now you didn't. You were. It was not your intention. Ergo, intentional grounding. So if you didn't hear it, you got Archie Smith uh, literally dropping. <laughs> One of the great half-bombs in recent history. <laughs> How is that epic intentional grounding? We will talk to Coach, and again, we'll do the talking about the refs and keep him away from the NFL getting his hands on his checkbook. The explanation was senseless. Then the Falcons have a touchdown call back on that phantom holding call you talked right. about. It's, just, it's ridiculous. That's all you can but – but you also – good teams overcome those bad calls. Correct. And you've got to make your own luck. Yes. We, we did see Drake London – yeah, now, one thing you can say about Ritter, these guys got drafted together. There is definitely a relationship. Mm-hmm. You can see it. He's much more involved the last three games or last two games than he was with Mariota. Problem was in the Saints game, the the uh, the fumble, yep. you know, maybe you go on to score a, a, the minimum of field goal and you tie that game and maybe we get to overtime. With the well, Saints. I was maybe thinking on that fumble against Saints, he might have run off for another 17, 20 yards. Right? It looked like, if memory serves me correct. And then he fumbles again last week. But to his credit, though, he put it behind him. And he was yeah. making some great catches after that. And if you didn't see it, the ball was punched out. The Ravens defense yeah. very aggressive, creating turnovers. But this was like, I mean, it was almost like a running battering ram. When I first heard it on the radio coming back from the beach, I was like, oh, crap, another, that's all we need is two fumbles. And then when I saw it on the replay, Rob, I got to admit, I was like, okay, that's, that's one where it was a perfect, I mean, the absolute perfect angle of the defender comes in there. And then, to his credit, he gets off on the sideline. He rips the sleeves off. They get the sleeves cut off the shirt because a lot of guys go with the naked arms because you don't want to have that ball obviously unstable because of the shirt sleeves. After that, by any metric, yep. Drake London put on a show after the fumble. Well, Arthur Smith, how much progress did your rookie quarterback make? I thought he did a nice job. I mean, we, we were in a little more of a drop-back game, which was good to see from him. I thought he uh, delivered, especially as the game went on. I thought he made some critical throws in some critical situations. Um that's, that's what I saw, Scott. But, uh, again, we came up short, which was frustrating, but I thought he made a lot of progress. And that's what we're looking for. And you just said it. Squid, actually, Squidbilly mentioned earlier to show Bo, our producer, Arizona Cardinals defense, pass defense, is brutally bad. Yep. So maybe he can build off of that. We t- discussed how bad we were in the red zone, penalties, the refs, everything else. Here's Coach about bogging down in the red zone in Baltimore. Obviously, when you look at the stat at the, uh, the end of the game, you know, when you look at the stat sheet, uh, Clearly, you know, we need to be better there. But in every individual drive, you break it down, you, you know, critique yourself on the calls, the situations that came up, right? We had the one before the end of the half, the penalty, and then the time and all that issue. And uh, going in before that, you know, we had some things we got to be a lot cleaner on. We had our chances, and uh, I give Baltimore credit, but there's some things we can do better there, too. Eli.
you know my game plan for this weekend is it's going to be completely out of character from the identity of this team. I want Ritter to throw it all over the yard so they can at least get enough of a sample size to see mm. what he can, in fact, do. You're coaching for next year now. Don't worry about your identity this year. Do something out of character. See what he can do throwing the ball. Just unleash him and see what happens. J.J. Uh, Watt basically walking away. We're going to see the Cardinals this week. So, J.J. Yep. Watt's farewell tour. Um, I just think this this offensive line is so it, it's so incomplete right now. I like Dahlman. I think Dahlman is better than what uh, Hennessy brought you last right. year. But the snaps in the in the shotgun have been still all over the place. That was repetition the cleans that yeah, up. I would but think. But there was problems with Mariota. But Mariota had to deal with that. I mean, mm-hmm. the last thing Mariota needed was losing half a second to reach down for the football when he's got guys coming after him. But as far as running the football, we're a much better run blocking team. That's why Tyler. And one of the positives we'll come to that in a second is Algier. But if you can get if they, if you can hold. If you can, you know, get some, give them that two or three seconds to carve it up, I'd right. love it. This is one of those games where you'd love to see Pitts and Drake London both go for 100 mm-hmm. yards, and you say, wow, Desmond Ritter looks like he belongs here. I want him to throw the ball 30 times on Sunday to see what we have. You, you, he needs that on tape. He right. needs that to be able to look at that and learn from it. Clearly, Arthur's impressed with his football IQ and his overall intelligence. Well, he can comprehend what he does wrong if he has enough of a sample size on tape to clean it up for uh, right. OTAs, training camp, into the next season. He's making the adjustments at the line of scrimmage, getting the right formations, all the things you got to do, you know, the things which the fans don't see that's part of that whole, you know, being a quarterback in the league. But I just, you know, it's frustrating because now we've crossed over to the, if we win these next two games, does it really (laughs) help us? And now that we're eliminated, these are conversations for guys that listened all season. Carl and I do not have these conversations about tanking until there's actually a reason to be tanking because well, Mike, we were in the damn division for so long. Arthur Smith doesn't give two craps what you and Carl says. <laughs> Here's what he thinks about the last two games. This is an important game for us. We need to play well, and we need to go win. It's important to win at home. It's important to win. Regardless of building short term, obviously we came up short of our goal. But in the next step, we need to finish this out right. We need to win, and then we need to go into the offseason, and if there's anything, we, and we have, we'll have areas to address there. But – this week is, is the most important thing for us professionally and every guy in that locker room. Now, in case you're wondering right now, we're picking sixth. If the season ended today, mm-hmm. you'd be picking sixth. I have a large investment in the Falcons getting to the sixth victory. <laughs> okay, uh, I bet the over on us. Chris is already here, sick and tired of hearing this. I got them at five and a half. Well, you said a new bathroom. A bathroom remodeling is well, I mean, on the but line. But here's the thing. From what I've heard from people in, the, in my neighborhood, and thanks to the magic of Twitter whenever I talk about this on the radio – if I won ten grand, it's barely going to pay for a third of the bathroom. Oh dear! Wow. I mean, I can't speak. I don't know. I've never owned a house before. I'm like those uh, those commercials. Those I've become my father, so I don't know how much it costs <laughs> to redo a bathroom. I'm certainly not doing it myself. I wouldn't know what to do. But this would go a long way to get me towards one of the new bathrooms in the house if the Falcons could win one of these two remaining games. You know, that's a convenient narrative. It sure as hell is. <laughs> We'll talk to Coach. And by the way, yes, I will bring this up to Coach tomorrow. Coach, if nothing else, the development of Ritter, confidence building in the offseason, and me winning the damn over-under bet. But no, this this one is – Well, he's an homeowner. He'll have empathy for you. But this is one of those things that – this gets people talking. I've already seen it today. Bo's probably arguing with somebody right now about it on Twitter. People start saying, what is the benefit of – yes, if you can see Ritter get traction but lose? No, I want, I want Ritter to get a win in his, in his rookie season. So – I know that it's tantalizing. You're not going to be able to get Jalen Carter. If you're picking 6-10, to 10, he's gone. He's second and, to Seattle. And I, I don't want a quarterback this year. I want Ritter to win this job. That's why I'm upset that we didn't go to Ritter after the Carolina game. 
So wait, you're going to put a bidet in there? Is that what it is? Uh, about a, based on our conversation between uh, Andy and Randy, it's, it's a bidet. What gold plated? Uh, are you like an Arab sheik building a bathroom? I mean, ten grand. I think that. Well, I guess it's not a lot anymore, though. Than I, apparently, it isn't. If you listen to uh, Andy, Randy got out of the discussion about bidets today, and I mentioned being <laughs> in Japan for the Falcons uh, Colts game in '05 and having this unbelievable toilet that had 17 remote controls and different angles of water and temperature and seat control. It was amazing. But no, I, no, 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 that will not be part of this deal. The question is, do you feel this offense next year with free agency addressing center, left guard? The question I have now is, and, and Bo Morgan, our producer, brought this up, that maybe Caleb McGarry has redeemed himself this year to the point he'll never be a great – but here's the thing, though. I don't want to have that caveat. Yeah, but he's not a great pass blocker. I know we're so run heavy, and Arthur, Arthur Smith wants to run the football. Can you, he be? Can he grow enough to be adequate? Has he hit his ceiling? He's still a young professional. Has he hit his? This ceiling? This is your five. So, do you, what's, what's your take? You want to keep him? Oh, it depends on how much it'll cost you. He right? was. I'll tell you what. He was. What saw, can you get uh, in free agency, like you said earlier? Right. But what is what is a Caleb McGarry long term contract, which is what he's going to want, get you versus going to get a better free agent if you can find one at right tackle? I can't believe he's in year five. That that shows right. It doesn't seem like he's been here that long. He and Lindstrom both. Right now, I can right? tell you this: he was salty as hell. Yep. I mean, I mean, right, Bo? Even at camp, when you talk, every, we'd interview him on the radio. I'd be like, "Yes, no, maybe." You know, he's you know right. he's, he's like he's gone been through the ringer since he got here. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff written about him, so he's not exactly you know warm and fuzzy with the media, and that's his prerogative, and I don't blame him. Well, he's but not, is he better? Is he better? He's he's not really a I want to talk. That he's a quiet guy, anyways. He's a country boy, kind of on a farm. I mean, you know, he was called. A lot of ne- a lot of things were cast upon him from the past that was unfairly done, but he's improved this year. And by the way, this is his second year with a new offensive line coach, so he's kind of settled in. And this is a completely different offense than they ran last year. They were still pass heavy last year with Matt Ryan. This is a run first team. He's excelled. They don't grow on trees, right tackles, and you're going to go overpay hmm. for a guy about the same value. As a Caleb McGarry. Not to mention the chemistry you need with your line mates. He's probably caught he's, developing a little bit of that. He's got a good thing with Lindstrom. Our one pro bowler this year is yep. Chris Lindstrom. I thought maybe Cordero would get a shot for the kick return, but he didn't do enough of that. He did have the touchdown, though, this year. But here's the thing. You know, he's going to be – this is the fourth year, guys. So the way it works, if you're going to this season, we're not picking up your fifth-year option, right. so you become a free agent after four. Yep. What is he worth? But if I got to go, yeah, but – why am I giving that guy all that money? Yeah, he's a good run blocker. He's not a good pass blocker. I still can't. I'm not sold on that. Well, he's still regarded as just a bit above average, so you'll pay him that bit above. There's some okay. metrics in there, so right. they're not going to overpay him. The good news is we got plenty of cash. We'll talk more about it, guys. we got all week to break down the Falcons, but Chuck Smith was on but. with us earlier. But there are no great edge rushers. You do have some ideas. We stumbled onto one about defensive tackle, making your line better. D-line is terrible. We're going to be one of the worst teams again in the NFL in sacking the quarterback. 19 this year, 18 last year. Yeah, we got 18, we got 19 with two games left. Hey, coming up next, the only team that's beating Georgia is Georgia. Duke's a bell, Rob Dribble, Philly, good sports radio. Bill 92.9, the game. The strong-arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foy Associates Personal Injury Law. Get inside on your favorite basketball team from hosts Caleb Johnson, Deshaun Tate. It's a long season, but what happens in December will shape the playoffs. That's why it's important to stay in the know. Follow nothing but Nest on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Rob Trillin for Carl Dukes alongside uh, Mike Bell. I'm having a rough go. I got, I got smacked in the head by my own headphones, and I got to 
cough drop from Bo and I almost choked to death on it. So I'm 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 just having a banner, t- <laughs> banner I mean, day. I mean, uh, you know, Rob's a pretty big dude. I guess I could give you the Heineken maneuver. I get my arms around you, big dog, you big dog. But, you know, but that's as far as I go. If you do pass out, there will be no mouth to mouth. Hey, man, Georgia Bulldogs obviously are here. That's a shorter trip, but Ohio State flew down here, and everybody's and everybody's in town Yeah, now. doing all the pregame stuff. The Bulldogs uh, got into town a little bit earlier than uh, maybe some expected, which is get, get them all acclimated. And the practice and the questions are being asked. Kirby being asked a lot about the pass defense and the pass defense, which became a, a thing. You had total control over LSU. Uh, you knocked the quarterback, the athletic quarterback, out with the ankle, and then also Nussmeyer comes in. and He's like Montana going all over the place. You know, the interesting thing is Georgia's secondary is ranked as the best in the country preseason. It shows what the preseason prognosticators know. Well, the thing about Georgia's secondary – Keely Ringo comes up with the pick up there in Indianapolis in the championship game against Alabama. It's a signature moment. Kirby jumping in the air as Keeley's in the air. Yeah. But a lot of guys are saying, yeah, he's a corner, but he's six foot two. He's more like Lewis Oliver. Maybe he's going to play safety in the NFL because he's not exactly the most <coughs> hip swivel guy. And like I hate when you now you get into like the semantics of like the Mike Mayock, you know, pre draft. But that's breakdown. what that's what defines a good player and a bad player. That's the difference right. between being a first rounder and a fifth or sixth rounder. You know, that it comes down to those measurables. But that is the question, and there's a lot of questions being asked, and now the answers are they've worked extensively on cleaning up those things, apparently with some, some things which, uh, again, maybe I don't think Kirby's willing to say it was human nature. Some guys checked out a little bit. You're up by four touchdowns on LSU, but they got back in that. They made it respectable, but it was ugly because things that weren't happening against Tennessee started happening against you know the LSU Tigers. I still love that Kirby went for too late because he wanted to drop that 50-burger on him. He did. They, he did, and they, they came through that. I think it had a lot to do with that, certainly. But you can also see that in the SEC championship game last year, they got torched for like 470 yards through the air. So secondary has been a bit of a concern. But with all these four- and five-star guys coming in, Georgia's going to be just fine. I was saying last week, Kirby Smart is hoarding four- and five-stars like a prepper does ammo and food is what it boils (laughs) down to. No, I mean, the, the rich get richer. The uh, the recruiting class in Alabama is still number one right now. Yeah. But Georgia's hot on their heels. This is the machine that they've built. This is, I think, what Georgia fans all expected. And if I had told you that uh, even with uh, all the defensive players going to the NFL, that this team was going to be right back where you needed to be, some dog fans would have said, you never saw dog fans. We had to convince that Stetson Bennett was the guy after leading to a national championship, uh, which know. still drives me crazy. And that's crazy. You know what Stetson's, num- Stetson's numbers against big competition is – Nothing short. It's been amazing, actually. Mm. I mean, what? I had it right here, and I just lost it. But it, just trust me, they are really good stats against a good competition. <laughs> no, think about it. Stetson against South Carolina, Tennessee, LSU, and Oregon. 1,183 yards, 13 touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 197 quarterback rating. That's against the best competition Georgia's faced all year. That says a lot. Big mm. game Stetson. We got uh, four days to you know promote this, get into it, and need more promotion, but break it down. This is a game to me where Stetson Bennett, if you can avoid one of those interceptions, where I still think it's going to be closer than some dog fans feel it's going to be. The spread, I think Vegas is, is six honestly, and a half. Because if you, but the thing you're going to look at, and everybody, and I'm, I said this to Carl after the Michigan game, the game is Michigan beat the snot out of Ohio State mm-hmm. with the point of attack. They made C.J. Stroud look like a, like a freshman who had never seen the game before. Right. Throws that terrible pick late. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes pressed in. They try to keep the run game only to have everything go vertical with, uh, with the quarterback, right. with, uh, McCarthy. So I, you, Ohio State, and it's hard when you get down to here we are. Everybody wants to expand the college football playoff to 12 teams, and maybe just maybe this year there's only two teams that are worth a damn. Now, I'm not sure who's going to win TCU-Michigan, but it just seems like Georgia, 
You know, they, they've got all the things cooking. I don't feel that Ohio State, you know, is terrible by any stretch. Ohio State's got athletes that are going to go in the NFL. But how do you look as bad as you looked in the biggest game of your season? And That's Ryan the question. Day, Ryan Day with his coaching decisions, too. Yeah, I mean, no one's confusing him for uh, Steve Spurrier, right? But by the same token, Kirby had some gaffes, too, that, that horrible fake punt. Right. You know, in the SEC championship games a few years ago with Justin Fields. Uh, he had some clock management issues as well. He's cleaned all of that up. Ryan Day, not yet. Ryan Day's catching a lot of heat up there, too, at Ohio State. It's like you said, um, Harbaugh saying, well, he's born, born on third base thinking he hit a triple. Well, right. well, the cupboard was not bare. He came in with a full pantry up Well, there. you're an assistant coach on a team that was you know, pretty much in cruise control with Urban Meyer until he yep. had his malfeasance, and then Luke Fickle <laughs> came in there for a season, and then they handed you the keys to a Ferrari. Oh, by the way, best hire in the country, Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin. Right. Wait, watch out. Watch out for Wisconsin. Yeah, and it was interesting because he was really offered a, a bunch of awesome jobs, but he stayed at Cincinnati. Maybe, you know, again. Big Ten guy, that's why. That's exactly right. He's going to recruit that area in Wisconsin. Maybe they finally break through to the next level because when you think about the Big Ten, I know the argument. Every elite conference in the Power Five is top-heavy, but it seems like mm-hmm. the Big Ten is as top-heavy as anybody. Extremely top-heavy, right? Yeah, because. Yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. One step below, and yeah, then everybody else. I mean, Penn State did go to Rose Bowl, and they did win one with Franklin, but every any given Saturday when you see a Penn State team playing a top-10 team, you know they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And they're going to – they just don't beat – he has not punched through to that, that – you're right, to that elite level. And Harbaugh was on the verge of they wanted to get rid of him. Take, go to an NFL team. We'll right. buy you out. And all of a sudden, Harbaugh is you know, Billy Badass now, and now he's making Ryan Day look like John Cooper. <laughs> Yeah, Michigan's basically what cost him his job. That, that, right. That rivalry did, yeah. Yeah, for younger guys, and John Cooper was an Ohio State coach who could never beat Michigan. That's when mm-hmm. they went to Trestle. And Trestle, when they announced him, he's sitting there at half court at the uh, Buckeyes game, goes, and every January, March, whatever the hell the date was of the game, you know, he knew it was a thing. And Cooper would always try to downplay when every Buckeye fan wants to beat the Michigan. So serious because John Cooper's right. won in nine, ten games every year, right. but he wasn't beating Michigan. So getting back to this game. You feel that Georgia's defense, that's an aberration, what happened against the Tigers in the second half um, of the championship? Not SEC? necessarily that. I just don't think uh, they're going to be – they will be covered up for. Because I think Georgia's defense you've seen – you've seen C.J. Stroud. If he, if he gets taken out of his comfort zone, he's done. He's done. He's not going to be able to sit back there like a statue and just pick Georgia apart. Ohio State can run the ball a little bit, but not against Georgia. They're going to be one-dimensional. They're going to be in Stroud's face all day. I think Georgia wins this thing by 17. I know that every game, and Squid Billy, we, we joked around about this like a few weeks ago. We talked about the Tennessee, and we built, not that we built Tennessee up, but there was a lot of hype about Tennessee and how you're going to be able to handle it. Well, they, they earned the accolades yeah. until they didn't. Correct. I mean, that's, that's what it is. But I mean, Georgia, I mean, we gave you all the ways into Oregon. Look, they made Oregon got on an unbelievable run after Georgia absolutely stomped them, uh-huh. you know, in the kickoff game. It's just Georgia, it seems like they get, they, they play to their level of competition. They go to Missouri, they sleepwalk for three quarters. Bennett puts a winning drive together, and they win that game. They play Kent State at home. They sleepwalk. You know, I don't have to tell you guys. They're and bored. They, but when they play the elite teams, they step up and they and they show you that they're the best team in the country. Yeah. I mean, Missouri has a bit of a wake-up call, certainly. But what right. do they do? They still won the game. Yeah, and then the run game, too. George's, let's be honest, Milton, McKemmy, you McIntosh, you can run. How many times have you watched the George Bulldogs? Just give it to McIntosh. Mm-hmm. That McIntosh have 25 carries. Right. They got so many guys, and you're like, you're, you're looking at the offense, and you say, well, I got two of the, I got the two best tight ends of, Physically and just any any metric, I got the one area I need more is the line is the wide receiver. And I asked you earlier, what do we know about Lad McConkey's health? It's been, it, it certainly is uh, under double secret probation of some, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart basically said this week, 
We are happy to maybe have them back, is what he said about his uh, top two injured players. Wow, that's kind of vague. Mm-hmm. But this goes back to the, the one thing that, and this is like, it wasn't like the media created this. Kirby would say this each week, saying, I need more and bigger plays than my wide receivers. He said that. Munkin would say it. Yep. You're going to get them next year. You got that. Uh, you got a couple of transfers, one from Mississippi State, one from Missouri, two of the top receivers mm-hmm. in the country. They're coming to Georgia. And then Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is going to be a bus. Is he going to be busting through like the Kool Aid Man and just absolutely making, <laughs> you know, just making everybody miserable for Ohio State? Because CJ Stroud, he's got to play. Let's be honest. CJ Stroud wants to improve his draft stock. This mm-hmm. is a huge game. Does CJ Stroud succumb to the pressure, which has nothing to do with simply doing what the Ohio State Buckeyes need him to do, but the big picture stuff outside of this game? I think he's played enough ball to know he'll be composed enough. He's going to try to. He's going to be in the biggest moment game of the, the year. Game. He was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Well, that that's true, but you also have to have an offensive line that blocks for you, not right. not put you under duress. But like you said, you, he can be taken out of his comfort zone. Right. And then the other aspect of this, Stetson Bennett. This is going to be his last game. He's got no more eligibility. Right? I don't think so. Right. He's going to he's going to declare a <laughs> this, hardship and come back for his this seventh year. Is it? But uh, yeah, th- this is going to be great to see him. Do something which, again, whether you want to make this a Disney movie, don't make it one of those made-for-TV like Kurt Warner movies. Like, oh, those are awful. That was Let's put some production value into it. But if you do, do the Stetson Bennett story. Let's have some tawdry love scenes, is that what you're saying, and violence. <laughs> what are you, you going to turn this Stetson Bennett story into Bonnie and Clyde? It's going to be a, a Steven Seagal bar scene. He comes in, he's going to beat up 19 guys. And for some reason, that 19th guy thinks he can take Steven Seagal, and of course he can't. Or do you say, are you going to make it corny like Rudy, where he goes, uh, they don't want me, Mom. I'm going to go to a junior college I, in Mississippi. I, I got to admit, man, I got to admit, Rudy, uh, I, I got a little watery-eyed, Did man. you really? I've been waiting for this my whole life. Yes, of course. Oh, man. I, I'm a know, sentimental softy. Yeah, You're I, dead inside. I can't, no, I can't stand Notre Dame. Well, that's okay. The only thing my father and I never saw eye on, man. I hate it. Can't stand all that pony, pony baloney and the, the, and the snootiness of the Irish. Oh, they're the worst. No, I mean, plus they were there built into this thing with a billion-dollar TV contract. Even when they don't deserve to get in, they get in. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be about the plucky Irish who were being spat upon and put upon by the elites of the East Coast back in the 30s when Newt Rockney was there. Now they are the elites. Now they well, are the guys in control. Why are you thinking about TV contracts when you're watching a heartfelt movie about an underdog I, named Rudy? He, he was offsides. Nobody ever turned in their jerseys. Anytime Joe Montana's yes. asked about it, he's like, like he's just, oh, no, no, well, no. And then he'll tell you off the air that it never freaking happened. Oh, right. well, that'd be the first time that a movie wasn't realistic in the yes. history of movies, Mike. Rudy was offsides. Rudy sucks. <laughs> and the horse he rode in on. They do have the most handsome coach in the country, though. That's true. He is a, he is a lovely man. I get lost in his eyes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. Hey, man. Rob, Robbie, is it Robbie today? It's Robbie, Robbie is today, today right for now. Carl For the rest of the show, it's Robbie. And by the way, we will have plenty of time this week because I know a lot of folks feel that, and you know, you feel Max Dugan and uh, TCU is going to beat Michigan. I do. I would actually put money on it. I don't know why. I just have a feeling, but my spider sense has let me down I time and time again. I just don't think they've seen a defense as good as Michigan's. They don't play that defense in the Big 12. But has Michigan seen an explosive offense like them? Yeah, they did kind mm. of in Ohio State. Yes, that's a good point. But TCU can kind of run the ball, too. Right. All right, we're going to talk a little Hawks next on the road tonight, Indiana. And then, of course, tomorrow night, Brooklyn comes to town, and Mike and I will be there inside State Farm Arena. Flagship station of the Atlanta mm-hmm. Hawks, Robbie Tribble in for Carl. Sports Radio 1998. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rob Triple in for Carl Dukes alongside Mike Bell. Isn't it weird how some of these aging rockers end up turning into Liberace? David Lee Roth turned into Liberace. Dennis DeYoung of Styx has turned into Liberace. Yeah, and I, I love Dave. When I was a kid, I thought Sammy was square, and you realize Dave's a jerk, and Sammy's actually a nice one. But right. uh, yeah, but still, but the Van Halen I grew up with, I mean, you know, that's just iconic. And it, it is. I've got that little, uh, I got the Eddie Van Halen uh, Funko thing on my desk, you know, those right. little toys and stuff. Right. Right next, right next to Freddie Freeman, by the way. For people who thought I was too mean about Freddie earlier in the show about his contract with the Dodgers. Do you press a button on Freddie and tears? So, you know what? That'd be a good option. Pull it straight. <laughs> hey, man, we got uh, the Hawks in action tonight. Up in Indiana, I saw our buddy Steve Holman. Bang! And maybe Steve will join us tomorrow. We're up at State Farm getting ready for the Nets. The hottest team in town is coming to town tomorrow. Uh, Kyrie and company, I'm definitely feeling it. But tonight up there in the Pacers, Steve Holman was up at St. Elmo's, the legendary steakhouse, doing the famous uh, horseradish cocktail sauce with a big shrimp. Have you ever been up there? It's fantastic. I mean, the shrimp are slathered in that stuff. It's I really haven't, but I've been to the city. We haven't been yeah, to that place. Great so. spot. So tonight, let's not give up one to the Pacers. Don't understand how the NBA can give us three nights off, and then we got back-to-backs, but that's NBA scheduling for the game tomorrow. We'll be at State Farm. Good game the other night against the Pistons. Completely mollywhopped him. I put 130 on him. DeJounte was great. Trey was great. Trey actually feeling the three-pointer a little bit more in that one. Can't we just uh, put together like four or five or six or seven of those? Then we'll get, off, we'll get off Nate's back and we'll get off Trey's back. Ooh, how about this one? Trey Young and Luka Doncic teammates. Mavs have top betting odds for Hawks trade. Well, again, the guys can put stuff out there, throw it up on the wall, and it'll get Yeah, but Vegas up. is actually offering up, if, if Trey gets traded, the Mavs have the top odds of being Young's next team. The Heat are second. Boston Celtics are third at plus 400. I'm just saying. It's no, but I mean, look, as Mark Cuban's a guy. But who else? Who, who are we getting back? They've already traded half the team. Right, right. Luca is, yes, I get it. Right now, if you were going to say, who's better? Luca's a little bit better. Who's gone farther? Trey's gone farther in the playoffs. Who's gotten half his team fired? Luca. Trey'd probably like to with our team, but it hasn't come to that yet. <laughs> well, Luke, well, Trey might be on his second, third right. coach before you know right. it, though. So there you go. That's funny. I just, I just want my team to win. I'm tired of. Uh, I'd rather talk about the goings on on the on the court rather than mm. any sort of dysfunction or 
Actually, I'm lying. I do talk radio. Of course, I live for the toxicity and the drama in the locker room. Even if it affects my own team, it gives me something to talk about. Well, there's a couple of things here with Trey, and, and it's funny. Every time we go down this road, you know, whether it's Carl and I, I mean, we're just talking about the same accountability we talked about with any star player on any other team in this town. You know, whether it was Matt Ryan or Julio Jones or what right. we talked about with Mariota. And you know, Trey's a star in this league in the NBA. The leadership thing. The leadership, the word leadership, it's funny. People don't know what it is because no one wants to do it anymore, <laughs> let alone try to explain it to a generation that's like, ah, leadership. Who well, cares? nothing worse. He goes, he goes for a double-double. He's a top-ten scorer. What, is he going to be a leader on this team? Well, there's nothing worse than the guy that reckons himself to be a leader, tries to uh, be a voice in the locker room, and they just roll their eyes and yawn right. and laugh at him. You know, well, some guys I mean, try to be. Leaders are born, Mike. Well, I mean, you do it by example. There's some guys who just want to do the job, and they don't want right. to sit there and be the rah-rah-rah guy. But it is interesting because – when there's a guy who is the star of the team, and you've uh, you know you, you've brought you're bringing Dejounte Murray, then Dejounte Murray's the only guy I've heard in three years say we suck last night, or right. we got to do a better job, or we can't play like this. And even though we won the game, we made too many mistakes. What's well, like that? What was that game where they won it late on the on the inbounds pass, and uh, Murray after the game said, "We ain't celebrating this win." Oh, when Hunter hit the crazy yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, last We're minute shot. Celebrating this win. I mean, it seems like he certainly does have the. Proper right. mindset. Now, look, the argument, and I'll play devil's advocate, okay? It doesn't, uh, you don't create the chemistry overnight between he and DeJounte Murray, especially when DeJounte missed two weeks with injury. Mm-hmm. And Nate is still trying to figure it out. And as Playing I've said, a slow pace. <laughs> and as I've said a million times, there's a lot of, you could point fingers at almost everybody. The consistency with DeAndre Hunter. The yep. Nate, what are, what are your rotations? What is your half court offense? Why is John Collins sometimes just a guy standing in the corner as opposed to a guy you might want to design something for every now and again? Things like that. So I'm not trying to give Nate a pass, but I do know this. Nate and Trey are never going to laugh at the same jokes. It seems like there's too much, too much water <laughs> under that bridge. You buy me on that? I, I will say this. A.J. Griffin has been certainly a nice surprise. Oh. 19 years old. That ceiling's pretty high, dude. Came out of the box, ready to go. Uh, I mean, you look at all, most of the Duke players, well, save for Cam Reddish, most yeah. of these guys have come out. And they've really responded. And Griffin has got that clutch thing, and he's got the he's got a maturity beyond mm-hmm. his years too. He's an old soul, Mike, is what it is. <laughs> some, sometimes it's like my daughter when I talk to her; it's like talking to a forty-five year old. They, some, nice. some, sometimes kids like that they're just they're just old souls. Do you feel that this team is going to click? And now it's going to be tough tomorrow. Let alone just get the road win tonight against a, a bad Pacers team, but not I, that bad. You gotta, you gotta show me between now and probably the second, third week. I'll, I'll actually say mm. between now and the second week of January. I think we're going to know what they are. I can't call the Pacers bad. They're just one game worse than us. They're seventeen yeah. and seventeen. And oh, guess what? They can beat you. And plus, they're at home tonight, and the Hawks have their issues on the road. So let's get it done tonight, and then we'll talk about this tomorrow as we get ready for the Nets. Want to see the usual suspects. That means DeAndre Hunter. That means Trey. And I think Trey's, again, we saw a spark against the Pistons. Pistons are a right. bad team. Why has his three-point shooting been so bad this year? Is he, is he taking bad shots? Is it a point where? Well, I mean, but it should be actually better and easier. They've actually, by bringing DeJounte Murray in, you would aren't think. You, you've given him an opportunity yep. to move without the ball. We've talked about this before. If i got to use that phrase, ball dominant, I hate that. But, I mean, he's, a guy's got to have the ball in his hands to shoot a three. Ken has, uh, has his fundamentals gone away. Is he not working hard enough on those? I mean, God, you see Steph Curry, how hard he works, even mm-hmm. as accomplished as he is. is does Trey have that same you work ethic? Stop. I you better stop. You go down that line, you're going uh, to get some Trey fans triggered on you. Well, I'm a Trey fan. I want I want what's best for Trey and me as a Hawks fan. You right. know, I'm, I'm asking the right questions if the shooting's not there. I don't remember Steph Curry being in any prolonged shooting, so I'm sure he can have an off week or something right. like that, but this seems like it's been rather prolonged, right? And that's the thing we've been talking about because the one thing we can kind of hang our hats on is that Trey is going to be a three-point you know, machine. 
And that's where he's like he's he's a he's a guy that the Knicks fans you know consider Reggie Miller because of his amazing ability to hit the right. thing from anywhere on the floor. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this year that's not happening on a regular basis. Is it a confidence thing with him? I don't think so. I've, as long as he's shooting the way he is, it seems like his confidence hasn't waned. Maybe there's some fundamental things. Maybe there's just one thing you need to tweak. Maybe his elbow's going out a little further rather than being mm. perpendicular to the basket. I don't know. But guess what? Let's go back and look at it real quick. Three-point shooting percentage against the Magic in their last loss before the, they lost to the Bulls. He was at 20%. Then he pops to 40, 42-9, 50, 42% against the, the Pistons the other night. That's Trey Young's three-point shooting we need. That's mm-hmm. where That's the range he needs to be in. But see, the metrics, some of the metrics, some of the stats are better. Last year, they're the bottom five in defense. This year, they're 14th. That's right. a lot better. Right. They're better rebounding. They're 20th last year. They're 10th. And they're fourth in contested rebounds. So they're actually fighting for the rebounds. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, they're 27th in three-point shooting. And there that's to me. Now, DeJounte is not a good at three-point shooter yeah. as he is, obviously, a ball handler mm-hmm. and a defender. And he still, he was, by, by the way, he was three for eight last game. Trey was three for seven from three. Mm-hmm. But to me... This three-point shooting thing, which Nate, like Nate said on, on Andy and Randy a couple of weeks ago, we're never going to be one of these teams that bombs 43, 53 pointers, right. but you got to be better than that. And then, as we said, the half court, yada, yada. Let's just hope they get on a run. I mean, there's there's too much talent here. I still don't understand what happened with Schlenk other than Schlenk got kicked upstairs, which is a nice way of getting fired. Is that what we're dealing with here? Is t- did Tony Wrestler fire Schlenk politely? I mean, Squid. I think it, I think it's a bit of a Chris, coup. I was on vacation. Did what was this consensus that uh, Travis was kicked upstairs? Uh, no. So what, he just decided <laughs> to tap out. Uh, no, he's I, built this thing. He's already turned over some of the control to Landry. Now he wants even less involvement. The consensus was uh, that he was graciously asked by those upstairs to yeah. remove himself from the position. There you go. I wonder if Travis was a Nate guy and. Well, Trey is a Landry guy. And you know who you know who has the biggest voice in the franchise yeah. is a superstar. That's right. And coaches get fired all the time. Yeah. Coaches and have no authority anymore. Big chunk of our audience. I we get the, the tweets and the text on the text line. And I get it. Look, Nate, some guys feel Nate is so such an OG that what happened two years ago mm-hmm. was just because the previous coach was so incompetent. Nate came in and still some basic half court and, and loved up his guy because Trey was not feeling the love. We know that. Well, he and Lloyd, I don't even think they were yeah, Lloyd, speaking Lloyd, towards Lloyd the Pierce. Hand. Was saying things about Trey behind his back, literally, to other NBA officials about flopping and among other things. But Nate, I mean, I was all, you know, everybody, I know I was on the radio saying, let's give Nate a contract extension two years ago. Mm-hmm. Last year, though, they didn't build off that success. And it's, and guys, real quick, for the last time, you're like, why do you get on Trey's jock? When the guy, the star of the show, says, eh, this regular season stuff's kind of boring. You haven't earned that right. You're not Magic Johnson. You're not Larry Bird exactly. or Michael. You're not, I mean, that's the thing. You're not even Jimmy Butler. You haven't that. won anything. You're great. Good for you. Your your brand is now extended nationally. You've transcended the Atlanta market. Good for you. You haven't won anything yet. You and haven't. And then you get into. But you can. I think you can. Right. And so one guy says, so if Trey says we played like crap last night, that'll make you happy? Well, it'll be a start. There'll be some accountability about what you're going on in the team. I mean, Steph Curry. So Steph Curry's a mute. Steph Curry doesn't say anything in Golden State. No, he's a leader on that team. Yep. You know, Draymond's the one who likes you to think he's running the thing. He's not. But, I mean, look at, for instance, look at Golden State. Everybody's singing the praises. They're crowning John Morant and the Grizz because, obviously, they're exciting. They're rolling. Right. And, the, and everybody on the, on, the, on the Grizzlies, oh, man, we got this. We don't think anybody in the West can beat it. Golden State comes in, 
Smacks him around. Right. Shows him what's what. Uh, sorry, we are the defending champs. You haven't won anything yet either. Yeah, but that's, you can, but you haven't yet. But that's the there's that that X factor stuff you're looking for. There it is. Yeah. That, those intangibles, the right. X factor stuff. We don't have it on this team. We but, don't. Yeah. So if you want to say as an athlete, look, are you a guy who goes to work? I mean, again, we're in an era of quiet quitting where people just do the bare minimum, <laughs> come to work, up four fifty nine. I love that quiet quitting. See ya. You know. And again, there's a, if there's a lot of folks out there that say, blank that. Well, Trey just got a check for $200 gazillion. So, you know, there's kind of a little bit of expectation that comes with that and maybe being a voice, the first voice in that locker room. I'm not trying to – he's, 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 he's on my team. I love him. He's my right. guy. But please, please, you got to grow up and do a little bit more than you've been doing. Carl and I, our great late agent, Norm Shrutt, is up in heaven, I imagine. Right. And happy Hanukkah to Norm up in heaven. But Norm would say, to whom much is given, much is expected. Absolutely. There you have it. Hey, we've got to do the top three at six coming up. A little more on the Falcons and the demise of number two. And, of course, more on the Hawks. Top three at six coming up. It's Dukes and Bell. Rob Triple <laughs> filling in Sports Radio 199. What? Oh, you said number two. I'm like, who took? Oh, oh I got it. I yes, got it. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.